Oh, it's good to see that number of kids. Welcome to Corinth Baptist Church. We're delighted you're here and thankful that the Lord has brought us to this place this morning. You can take your Bibles and turn with me to Acts chapter 18 in your copy of God's Word there. I hope that you have received your copy of the newsletter for March. Colorful, that's a big plus, I love these, and uh, big enough writing where I can read them, and uh, very interesting, a lot of things going on, take place, take your place where you need to be, where you should be, where you can be. All right, Acts chapter 18, we will begin with verse 1. In honor of God's Word, would you stand with me, if you are able to, for the reading of God's Word. After these things, Paul departed from Athens and went to Corinth. And he found a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontius who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had commanded all the Jews to depart from Rome, and he came to them. So because he was of the same trade, he stayed with them and worked, for by occupation they were tent makers. And he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded both Jews and Greeks. When Silas and Timothy had come from Macedonia, Paul was compelled by the Spirit and testified to the Jews that Jesus is the Christ. But when they opposed him and blasphemed, he, Paul, shook his garments and said to them, Your blood be upon your own heads. I am clean. From now on I will go to the Gentiles. And he departed from there and entered the house of a certain man named Justice, one who worshipped God, whose house was next door to the synagogue. Then Crispus, the ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord with all of his household, and many of the Corinthians, hearing, believed and were baptized. Now the Lord spoke to Paul in the night by a vision. Do not be afraid, but speak. And do not keep silent, for I am with you, and no one will attack you to hurt you, for I have many people in this city. And he continued there a year and six months, teaching the word of God among them. God bless the reading of his word. Pray with me. Spirit of God, we are so delighted to be in this place today, gathered together as your church. We pray that as you visit with us today, that you would strengthen us, encourage us, empower us, enable us, 
to keep on keeping on as your people and as your church. And Lord, that no matter what comes, we may hear your word that you spoke to Paul as you would speak to us. Be not afraid. Go ahead and speak. Do not stay silent. I am with you. And no one will hurt you. For there are many people around us. Not only who need Jesus, but also who are already Jesus' people. God, speak to our hearts today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. And you may be seated. I am preaching through the book of Acts for a purpose, for a reason. And a big part of that is so that we will see that the church is a church not only on the move, but that is also changing. You cannot stay the same and remain with Jesus just on a plateau. Jesus did not stay in one place. Jesus did not remain in one thought pattern and one idea or one thing. Jesus was on the move. Jesus was always moving and He was always teaching His Word and His Gospel, His doctrine, His his teaching. The message never changes. The methods must change. And if the methods must change, that also means that the transition is always in flux. So it's never going to look the same. It's not going to be the same all the time. Change or transformation is a part of what the Lord has called us to. So please, in this transition time that Corinth is in, please don't get the feeling and don't get the sense, man, I'll be glad when we get through this transition time. No, because when we get through this transition time, you're still going to be in process. You're still going to be in flux. If you obey what the Lord Jesus is teaching and calling us to be and calling you to be as a church body and a church family, you cannot stay the same. Transition, transformation, and change must be a part of what you're about. Next Sunday, one part, I'm I'm just going to give you a glimpse a part of that transition is I'm going to start a, a new Sunday school class, a young adult Sunday school class. And if you're here today and you're young Sunday school, young adult, excuse me, young adult, young adult couples, and you don't have a Sunday school class at 9.30 on Sunday morning, I want you to come to it. I want you to be a part of it. Why? Because we are doing something and we are going to do something as current. Baptist Church. And as a part of the family of God, 
We are moving. You are moving. Corinth Baptist Church is moving. You have to be. And that's what we're about. And that's what the book of Acts is about. And we're, we're already over halfway through it. And this morning in chapter 18, we're going to see the same thing that we have covered already is that the Lord's church is on the move. I'm going to talk about keep on keeping on. Keep on keeping on. Don't stop. See, that's what, that's what the Lord told Paul. Paul, verse 9, Do not be afraid and do not stop speaking. Speak. Do not keep silent. I'm with you. And no one will attack you to hurt you, for I have many people in this city. See, the Lord didn't want Paul to stop. He didn't want him to stop preaching. He didn't want him to stop teaching. He didn't want him to stop evangelizing. He didn't want him to stop going to cities and to churches. And everywhere that he went, he was teaching and preaching the gospel. That's a part of what we're about. The WMU ladies are going out prayer walking in the different communities. We, as a church, have gathered together to do the same. Let me encourage you as a Sunday school class, get your Sunday school class out. Walk through. It doesn't matter if they've already been through prayer walking. You go through prayer walking. It doesn't matter because we're constantly looking for people places to pray about and pray over. Now, our class will meet in the back hallway here. There's an empty classroom there. Already got it and getting it set up, getting it situated. Um, Already had a lady tell me where I can get some chairs, table if we need. Hey, come on. We're going to start next Sunday morning. And if you know somebody, drag them with you. Bring them, and we'll be glad to have them. Turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 11. Look with me at verse 18 and following. Deuteronomy 11, verses 18 and following. Therefore you shall lay up these words. Lay up or put these words of mine in your heart and in your soul. Bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall teach them to your children, speaking of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. See, it's not being still, is it? It's almost like a 
a, a person with ADD. And, and you shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. Why? That your days and the days of your children may be multiplied in the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers to give them, like the days of the heavens above the earth. We are about living and being Christian. Now, I heard this morning on, on part of the news that Christianity is on a downward spiral. That even with as many people as the world is bringing in and the doors are open to let people in in our borders, Christianity is not growing in numbers. We are getting less and less. I wonder why that's true. I mean, in reality, you don't have to wonder very much. The population of the United States is growing, not by babies necessarily, but by people. And even though we may not appreciate the open borders, we still can share the gospel. And there is a purpose behind that sharing of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that purpose is to bring men and women, boys and girls, to the knowledge, the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ our Lord. In this chapter, we have three particular points that we are supposed to be about, the church is supposed to be about, Individual believers, Christians, are supposed to be about doing, living for Jesus Christ. The first one is a passionate presentation of the gospel in verses 1 through 8. That's what Dr. Luke is talking about here when he's writing all that's happening in Corinth. After these things, Paul departed from Athens, and he went to Corinth. Now, I did not know that Paul had been here before me. Now, the, the, yeah, that's just a little humor. I, 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 I thought I would start that and imply that too when I said, Greetings, Corinthians. Did you get that in the newsletter? But... The Corinthian church, listen, the Corinthian church needed the gospel, okay? And, uh, and that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about believers. We're talking about you. And we're talking about the church. We're talking about what Paul was dealing with. And he, verse 2, found a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla. Aquila and Priscilla. Because Claudius had commanded all the Jews to leave Rome. 
And he came to them. Paul came to Aquila and Priscilla. So because he was of the same trade, he stayed with them and worked. They were tent makers, all three of them. And verse 4, he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded both Jew and Greek. So regardless of how Paul felt about the church or about the people, he went to church every week. Don't miss, uh, don't miss that point. Paul, regardless of how he felt, Paul went to church. Regardless of how he felt about the people, he went to church. In every city that he went to, Paul went to the church. And he reasoned in the synagogue. Every Sabbath. And he persuaded both Jews and Greeks. And when Silas and Timothy come from Macedonia, Paul was compelled by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God, and he testified to the Jews that Jesus is the Christ. But when they opposed him and blasphemed, talking about the Jews, Paul shook his garments and said to them, Your blood be on your own heads. I'm clean from you. I've shared the gospel with you. I tried to persuade you, but now I'm going to the Gentiles. Paul was the apostle to the Gentiles. And here he made his trek straight to, and from then on, to the Gentiles. But he never forgot, and he always continued to try to reach his fellow Jew. So he departed from there and entered the house of a certain uh, man named Justice, one who worshipped God, whose house was next door to the synagogue. Man, that was convenient, wasn't it? Next door to the church. Well, then Crispus, verse 8, the ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord with all of his household, and many of the Corinthians hearing believed and were baptized. Reminds me of the Philippian jailer, doesn't it, you? The Philippian jailer, what must I do to be saved? And Paul said to you know, uh, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you can be saved and your household. If they believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Crispus, the ruler of the synagogue, was saved. There is a passionate presentation of the gospel. Paul the apostle passionately desired for all people to be saved. And so he shared the gospel. He reasoned. Reason means to lay forth thoroughly. What? That Jesus is the Christ. He persuaded. Means to convince. What? That Jesus is the Christ. And he testified. What did he testify? He gave testimony from his own life that Jesus is the Christ. Friends, there's one thing in the world that that nobody can deny. People can deny anything and everything all over, even perhaps your witness on the stand in a judgment. If you're witnessing in a court of law, somebody may be able to to dispute that. But there's one thing they cannot dispute, nobody can, and that is your testimony of what Jesus has done for you. They can't do it. 
because they don't know what Jesus has done for you. You don't know what Jesus has totally done for me. I've told you some of it, and I will continue to tell you some of it. You will get it bits and pieces perhaps, but you will know, and you cannot deny what has happened to me because what Jesus did in my life is either readily available for you to see it, or I will tell you what he's done. And that testimony cannot be denied. It doesn't make any difference what a person wants to say or whether they believe it or not. They cannot deny what has happened to you. Paul was starting a different work. And here is how the work went in Corinth. Many heard the word. Many believed the word. And many were baptized. Then Crispus, the ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord with all of his household. And many of the Corinthians, hearing, believed, and were baptized. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And that's exactly what Paul did. He passionately presented the gospel. Many heard the word. Many believed the word, and many were baptized. So we know people did not stay the same in Corinth. And the church grew in Corinth. And this new work that was there began to expand. Please hear me. Do not be afraid of expanding. You hear me? Don't be afraid of expanding. You know what I mean? When the word of the gospel goes out, there are going to be people who believe. There are going to be people who receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and they're going to be saved. And they need somewhere to belong in the family of God. And Corinth Baptist Church is one place they can belong, is it not? So now, if you believe that, Don't be afraid when people start coming in. Don't be afraid when young people, don't be afraid when children, don't be afraid when babies, when they start coming in. Don't be afraid to expand. Don't be afraid to expand the building. Don't be afraid to expand teachers. Don't be afraid to expand whatever it takes. Because that's what we are about. It's what the gospel is about. And that's what Acts is about. That's what Jesus is about. And you cannot, please hear me, you cannot be a Christian and be afraid for the church to expand when people start coming in. Babies, children, youth, adults. It's not going to look the way it used to.
The Lord don't want it to be. If he did, he would have said, us four and no more. But that's not what he said. So, so please don't be afraid of that. And let the Lord God bless and let him direct. And I'll tell you what, when you do that, when you do that, if you'll let the Lord bless and you'll let him direct, he'll bless. <laughs> Get out of his way. He'll bless. He'll bring in who he wants here. And we work with him. Isn't that right? A passionate presentation. But secondly, a prolonged exhortation. Verses 9 and following. The Lord spoke to Paul in the night. Don't be afraid to speak. Go ahead and speak. Don't be silent. I'm with you. They won't attack you to hurt you. I have many people in this place. And he continued there a year and a half, a year and six months, teaching the Word of God among the people, the Corinthians. Imagine that. And when Gallio was proconsul of Achaia, the Jews with one accord rose up against Paul and brought him to the judgment seat, saying, This fellow persuades men to worship God contrary to the law. (laughs) Paul did not follow the Jewish law. Paul did not follow the worshiping as the Jewish law was situated and stated. And so they had a, a band against him. I'm sure Paul saw many others come against him as well. I mean, that's why why the Lord was encouraging him in verses 9 and 10 to keep on keeping on. Keep on speaking, Paul. Keep on preaching, Paul. Keep on teaching the Word of God, Paul. In verse 14, And when Paul was about to open his mouth, (laughs) Gallio said to the Jews, If it were a matter of wrongdoing or wicked crimes, O Jews, there would be reason why I should bear with you, why I should put up with you. But if it is a question of words and names and your own law, look to it yourself, for I do not want to be a judge of such matters. And he drove them from the judgment seat. Then all the Greeks took Sophonies, the ruler of the synagogue, and beat him before the judgment seat. But Gallio took no notice of these things. So Paul remained a good while. Then he took leave of the brethren, sailed to Syria, and Priscilla and Quilla were with him. He had his hair cut off at Sincrea, for he had taken a vow. And he came to Ephesus and left them there. But he himself entered the synagogue and reasoned with the Jews. See, his heart never left his, his, his own brethren. He continued to go to church and continued to try and persuade his brethren his uh, Jewish fellows. And uh, verse 20, when they asked him to stay a longer time with them, he did not consent, 
But he took leave of them, saying, I must by all means keep this coming feast in Jerusalem, but I will return again to you, God willing. And he sailed from Ephesus. And when he had landed at Caesarea and gone up and greeted the church, he went down to Antioch. After he had spent some time there, he departed and went over to the region of Galatia and Phrygia in order, strengthening all the disciples. Paul was in Corinth for one year and a half, and he taught the Word of God for one year and a half. He was obedient to the Word of God, the call of God upon his life. He never kept his mouth quiet. He never was... was shut up. Nobody kept him quiet. He continued to teach and to preach wherever he was, and particularly in the synagogue to his Jewish brethren. He was obedient to the Lord's call upon his life in verses 9 and 10 to not stay silent, to keep on keeping on. And he gave a prolonged exhortation teaching What did he teach? He taught the Word of God. He taught as he had parchments, as he had been taught, as he had been discipled in the Word of God. He taught the Word of God. And he continued to reason. He continued to try to persuade, exhorting through a systematic discourse that Jesus is the Christ. He kept seeking to reach people for Jesus. There are scores and scores of children, youth, and adults who need to hear about Jesus, who need to know Jesus. Is it a surprise that over the last uh, good number of years that less and less churches are having vacation Bible school? Do you wonder why? Some of them can't get workers. Some of them don't have children. Some of them don't want children. So vacation Bible school is out. One of the greatest discipleship and evangelistic tools of the gospel is vacation Bible school. Y'all never, never, never not have vacation Bible school. Why? Because if you don't have children in the church, there are children in the neighborhoods around the church. And if you can't have vacation Bible school in the church building, go to the neighborhood and have backyard Bible clubs. Call it vacation Bible school. Call it vacation Bible club. Call it whatever you want to call it. But there are children out there. And the parents will be glad for you to take the kids off their hands for an hour or two. They won't mind that at all. (laughs) And the children will appreciate it too. They taught, he reasoned, and then he went back 
to churches he had been to before, Ephesus, Caesarea, Jerusalem, Antioch, Galatia, Phrygia, encouraging them, strengthening them together through the Word of God. A prolonged exhortation. It is going to take time. 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 A lot of people say, I don't have time. As a believer, as a Christian, as a church, we don't not have time. We... You didn't understand that, did you? Uh, I didn't. I didn't either. We do not not have time. We best be about giving time and giving ourselves the time, spending time, taking time, giving time to whoever needs to hear the gospel, sharing the gospel, sharing our testimony. A prolonged exhortation as to why we are doing what we're doing. Sunday school. Sunday school is very important. Not for just adults, but for children. Little children need to hear the gospel. Children learn about Jesus in Sunday school. Children learn about Jesus in vacation Bible school. Children learn about Jesus in backyard Bible clubs. Children need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. (coughs) And if we're going to be the church of Jesus Christ, we've got to take time to do it. Because that's what he's demanding of us. A passionate presentation of the gospel. A prolonged exhortation of the gospel. (coughs) Excuse me. And thirdly, the third point is a profound declaration of the gospel. Excuse me just a minute. I think I've swallowed a gnat. Look at verses 24 through 28. Now a certain Jew named Apollos, born in Alexandria, an eloquent man and mighty in the Scriptures, came to Ephesus. This man had been instructed in the way of the Lord. He had been discipled. And being fervent in spirit, he spoke and taught accurately the things of the Lord, though he knew only the baptism of John, John the Baptist. So he began to speak boldly in the synagogue, and when Aquila and Priscilla heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. He was already accurate in his teaching and his his sharing of the gospel. But they took him aside and they discipled him even more. Friends, listen. When someone comes to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, they need to be discipled. They need to be taught. They need to be taught the elementary things of the gospel. And then they need to continue on up to grow in the Lord Jesus. 
You and I need to continue to grow in the Lord Jesus in the Scriptures whenever, no matter where we are in our salvation uh, 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 life. We need to continue to study the Scriptures to know more of the Lord Jesus and to know more of the Word of God. Why? To know more of the Word of God. To know more of the Lord. Because, you see, we are supposed to be becoming more like Him. Uh, we are, we are, we are, uh, let me see how I, I can say it and, and, and sort of uh, dress it up. Uh, we are becoming uh, prepared, uh, dressed, if you would, down here for up there. You, you, you understand? We're getting ready down here for when we get there, when we see Him. And, and, and listen, when you see Him, you don't want to be naked. You want to be ready. You want to be prepared. And so we're getting ready down here for up there. We're getting ready. We're getting prepared. And, and that's, what, that's what the Apostle Paul is talking about. And, uh, and looking at, uh, so he began to speak bold in the synagogue. When Aquila and Priscilla heard, they took him aside. They explained to him. They discipled him more accurately. And when he desired to cross to Achaia, the brethren wrote, exhorting the disciples to receive him. And when he arrived, he greatly helped those who had believed through grace. He greatly helped those who believed through grace. You see, Apollos was helping already, teaching already, sharing already, testifying already, but they discipled him, Aquila and Priscilla discipled him even more so that when he went to Achaia, he helped the brethren more through grace of what he had learned. For he vigorously refuted the Jews publicly, showing from the Scriptures that Jesus is the Christ. Now let me ask you a question. As we look at this profound declaration, could you reason with someone and persuade them that Jesus is the Christ from this word? Do you know how to do that? Can you do that? If you were challenged, would you be able to do that? Would you be able to persuade people that Jesus is the Christ? He expounded the word of God the life and times of Jesus, His death, His burial, and His resurrection. And He helped believers to see from the Scriptures, from the Word of God, that Jesus is the Christ. Do you know how comforting that is? Do you know how encouraging and really strengthening to the individual believer? Do you know what it's like? I know you do. Some of you at least do. To have a, a Sunday school teacher, to have a deacon, to have, have someone 
in the church to, to share with you a word of encouragement, even a word that they've learned or they've been through, times they've been through, and, and, and just to share with you and to sense the encouragement coming from God's word from what they have experienced. Friend, that's what Apollos did. That's what Aquila and Priscilla did. That's what the Apostle Paul did. Silas, Timothy, Priscilla, Aquila, Apollos, all of them knew the word, but all of them gathered together and they encouraged one another. They shared with one another, discipled one another. And together they kept on keeping on, sharing the word of God. They didn't let anything or anyone stop them. We have God's Word. They did not have all of God's Word. They had a part of it. Because Paul said, you know, when you, when you come, bring the parchments. We have all of God's Word. Some of us have two or three. Some of us have more than that. Six or so copies of God's Word. Some of them are gathering dust. Sometimes I wonder if I need to change books because this one's so worn. But you know, <laughs> I feel comfortable with it because I've written in it, I've highlighted it. Don't be afraid to do that through the, through the Bible. It's not going to hurt the Lord. In fact, if, if you highlight it, you probably will remember more of it. <laughs> Friend, keep on keeping on. If you're a Christian, keep on keeping on sharing the Word of God. Give a passionate presentation. Sometimes some people uh, have said, Pastor Don, you, you sound mad sometimes. That's not mad. It's not anger. It's passion. It's passion. I got to. I've got a passion. I want to get it out there to you. I want you to understand it. A prolonged exhortation. Sometimes I'm longer than I ought to be. My wife lets me know. But then there's a profound declaration. The most profound declaration I want to make is that Jesus is the Christ. Jesus is the Christ. He's my Lord and my Savior. He's my personal Lord and Savior. He wants to be your personal Lord and Savior too if you don't know Him. And you can know Him. But it's up to you. Oh, friend, as a church, Let's keep on keeping on sharing the gospel, spreading the gospel, reasoning and persuading people to trust Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. If you're here today and you never trusted Jesus Christ, oh man, we're going to give an invitation in just a moment. That invitation's publicly come 
and say by coming, everybody will be praying, everybody will be thinking, I'm coming. I want to know Jesus. I want to place my trust in him. Or, as a Christian, as a believer, I'm renewing my relationship with Jesus. I want to know him more, better. However God has spoken to you, you come in just a moment and we stand the same. Bow with me. Lord, by your word, by your spirit, persuade, convince, convict and convert souls today. In Jesus' name.